0: Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. I hope that you are feeling fit and fabulous. An amazing happy new year. I hope you've had a fabulous holiday. We have had an interesting yet fabulous holiday. Normally we go and see my mum in France and we have not done that this year. We have stayed at home in our little holiday home. Um, which we are renting out near the sea, which is fabulous, but it is a little bit squashed. And if you can hear noise in the background, it is because my kids have not yet gone back to school and I'm sat in my bedroom hoping that they're not going to make too much noise. <laughs> Today, I want to talk about why I think everybody should have a fitness watch, a step counter. And I'll talk about the different types of step counters and I'll talk about why and how you can implement them well. So I guess another title could be how to create an exercise routine that you absolutely love and can stick to. Now, before we get started, I have been offering some complimentary 30-minute sessions of health and wellness goal setting for 2021. So if you want to lose weight or you're a busy mother and you want to create healthy habits for your family, then get in contact with me. I have three of them left. That will be taking, will be happening over the next couple of weeks. So You can email me at Orlina at Dr. Orlina. As I say, three free, three complimentary half hour sessions. So if you or, or you know somebody else would like one, then just get in contact with me and we will set up a date and they will be done on a first, first come, first serve basis. So why do I want to talk about exercise? Now, let me just recap the four pillars of a healthy and long life. They are pillar number one, nutrition, pillar number two, exercise, pillar number three, sleep, oh, so important, and pillar number four, emotions and mindset, which really knits all four of those pillars together. It's the foundation on which the other three pillars are built. So exercise is super, super important important. It is really important for leading a long and healthy life. And I'll tell you a little bit about that currently. And it's also really important for feeling fit and for feeling invigorated and for feeling like you have energy. I think fitness is really underrated. And we often think, oh my goodness, I couldn't possibly run a marathon. I couldn't do this. But the reality is, is the more that we move our bodies, the more that we do it, the easier it becomes. So I have recently taken up running a little bit. I'm not the world's best runner. I'm definitely an amateur. But even in the short period of time that I have been doing it, I found it much, much easy. And I'm super excited to say that before Christmas, I ran my first 10k run, albeit reasonably slowly. And then I did an 8k run afterwards, which obviously felt much easier than the 10k run. But if you had told me last Christmas that I would get up on Christmas morning and go for a run, I would not have believed you. So it's amazing what can happen in a year. And it hasn't been a year of me running. As you know, if you've listened to this podcast more than once, I am a swimmer and I like to do swimming and I do lots of swimming, particularly during the summer. But right now it's a little bit cold and I'm a little bit scared of going in the sea. And the swimming pool is not always open. So I have been doing a little bit more running and a little bit more cycling. So exercise is really important for helping us move and feel like we can use our body, for having the strength to do the things that we want to do, run after your kids, run to catch a train, anything really. But also it's one of the keys to being able to do that, use your body into later life. And I look around and I see elderly people... Who look frail and don't have that movement. And I think what a shame it is because at some stage along their life, they stopped using their body so much. And as they stopped using their body, they sort of get less and less use out of their body and they're less and less able to do things. Whereas if you keep up exercise and you keep going, obviously, if you injure yourself or something happens, that's different. But if you keep up your muscles and keep up your strength, there is no reason why you can't carry that on into later life. This is particularly important if you're over 40, because at the age of 40, your muscle strength and your muscle mass diminishes every single year. So after the age of 40, you really have to work hard, not hard, but you have to keep up doing some exercise. So longevity, fitness. And the third reason really to exercise is for weight loss. Now, you may have heard me say, if you want to lose weight, really and truly, the key is nutrition and what we eat. And that is true. It's about 80% nutrition, but it's also about 20% exercise. Now, why is this the case? Why is it that nutrition is oh so important and exercise is far less important? Albeit it is important, it isn't something that I'm not saying, oh my goodness, just take care of the nutrition and forget about the exercise. What I'm saying is, if you have to choose one or the other, focus first on the eating until that is an established habit and then look to the exercise. Now, it can be quite complicated, but it can also be quite simple if we think about it like this. If we look on a cellular level, at what is happening when we put on weight. It boils down to that equation, calories in, calories out. Now, there are a lot of problems with calories in, calories out. It's what happens on a cellular level, not what happens in our mouth, if that makes sense. It's very difficult for us to be able to measure calories. And I don't advocate counting calories as a way to lose weight. But there are lots of factors that go in to meaning that when people talk about calories in, calories out, it's very different from what is actually happening. So for example, it's difficult to really and truly know what calories we're eating. It's also that some foods require more calories to actually break down. So for example, if you use flour or refined sugar, that's much easier for us to process And we don't use any calories digesting that. Whereas if we're eating whole grains and vegetables, then it's much more difficult and we actually have to spend some calories to break down that food. And that difference can be a big difference. And the reality is we don't know what is actually used by our body, which bits pass through our bodies. Just think, if you had a tummy upset and you had a bout of diarrhea, everything's gonna pass through you. Now, obviously you would know if that happened, but we don't know which bits are being digested by our biome and which bits our bodies are taking in and using. So the calories in, calories out um, equation is difficult for us to be able to manage, but we can take home certain messages from it. And the big message here is it's very easy for us to eat two, three, four, five hundred calories, and it's very more difficult for us to expend that energy in terms of exercise. You have to do a reasonable amount of exercise in order to be able to burn off a chocolate bar which has around 200 calories or a can of fizzy drink is around 200 calories. And so if you are going to do that exercise and then you think, okay, well, I've done some exercise and now I'm going to give myself a treat and eat a bar of chocolate. What you're really doing is either putting on less weight or staying still rather than actually losing weight. So the bottom line is, first of all, look to nutrition, and then look to exercise. Now, there is a caveat to that. And that is, once you're getting down to your ideal weight, and you've made lots of changes in your diet, exercise can really be that thing that helps you go through and helps you continue to lose weight and to maintain weight loss and it's for exactly that same reason that if you're not eating all of those chocolates and you've really worked hard on nutrition and you're finding yourself not really quite getting there the difference can be made up by exercising but as a general rule of thumb if you're starting off losing weight you want to start with nutrition i hope that is clear but essentially why increase your exercise number one longevity number two fitness levels, and number three, it can help with weight loss, or it does help with weight loss. I will be more emphatic. It does definitely help with weight loss. So the next question is, how much exercise should we do? Now, the WHO says that we should do 150 minutes of vigorous exercise a week. That's two and a half hours. But if we're looking at it from a longevity point of view, then I think it's becoming clear that actually, the more we do, the better. Now, you don't want to rush over and become an exercise addict, which is possible. But the reality is you really have to be a professional athlete to do too much exercise. So before we look at what other people say, I have been reading a few books recently, which I will talk about in another podcast about longevity, but a couple of books that I recommend. This book, Could Save Your Life, is written by Graham Lawton, and he is a new scientist, the magazine New Scientist researcher. And so he's put out This book, which is an interesting read and goes over the same kind of things that I talk about on the podcast. His take on exercise is that essentially the more exercise you do, the better. Now, if you go from being totally sedentary in your daytime to doing some exercise, you've taken that biggest leap. You've done, you've got a lot of benefit from making that change. But as you increase the amount of exercise that you do, you get more and more benefits, albeit less. And in his book, he talks about the 10,000 steps. Somewhere along the line, we have come to this idea that we should be doing around 10,000 steps a day. Now, what he says is it should be more like 15,000 steps. And 1,000 steps is roughly a kilometer. And 1,000 steps, if you're walking, will roughly take you 10 minutes. So that's 150 minutes of walking a day. Now, another book that I have been reading recently is The Longevity Diet by a gentleman called Volta Longhoe, and he talks about exercise as well. And he says what's important is working all your body parts until you breathe rapidly and sweat for five to 10 hours a week. So that's far more than the 150 minutes of vigorous exercise that the WHO is recommending. Now, do not panic. It may sound that that is an awful lot, but I will explain to you how you can do it and um, it not be too difficult. Now, he has some recommendations in his book, and I'm obviously not going to read the entire book, but he talks about walking fast for an hour every day or ride, run or swim 30 to 40 minutes every other day, plus two hours on the weekend. And It's all about using your muscles. And as I say, the more you use your muscles, the easier it becomes. So for me, in the summer, I will go swimming for an hour or so in the morning in the sea. And we swim between two and three kilometers. And it's not difficult for me. It's just something that I do every single day. And I don't feel like I have often exerted myself very much, or that's to say I push myself at certain times so that I do have that feeling of, okay, you've done a little bit of exercise. Whereas just doing two kilometers almost feels like nothing to me. And I think the same is the same. It's the same whether you're cycling or whether you are running. It's just getting fit. Now, it may sound that that is An awful lot of exercise. But I think this is where step counters come in. And first of all, what step counters do is they really give us an awareness of how much exercise and movement we are doing every single day. And then secondly, they can help you turn it into a game. So I for my birthday in February last year, my husband gave me a Garmin swim too, because I like open water swimming. Now, unless you're an open water swimmer, I wouldn't recommend this particular watch. And I'll walk through some of the other watches in a little bit. Um, and when I first got it, I was a little bit disappointed because I was hoping for a guitar and I got a step counter. Now, this was obviously just before lockdown. And when I first got it, we, I thought, You know, it's not really going to change anything that I do. I'm going to carry on going to the swimming pool. At that time, I was going twice a week to the swimming pool and I was doing a lot of walking. So, walking my children backwards and forward to school, which is about a kilometer each way. And we have to do that four times a day. Although I was doing it twice a day because I share the journey with my husband. But I was racking up at least 10,000 steps. And I kind of thought, what's the point of this watch? It's not going to change anything. But the reality is, is it has totally changed things. It has totally spurred me on to do more things because I see these little badges that I can get and think, oh, if I did another 2000 steps today, I could get this badge, which there's no reason really to get the badge other than it's fun. And I often find myself thinking about my step count and thinking, I'm just going to do a little bit of a walk so that I can increase my step count. And sometimes even in our tiny, tiny house, I will find myself walking backwards and forwards in our tiny kitchen. On a side note, I have really noticed living in a small house, how easy it is not to get steps. So in the bigger house, just walking around the house, my steps would add up. In the small house, I will go for a run. I'll come back and my step count just stops because really and truly there's nowhere for me to be creating steps unless I'm walking backwards and forwards. Now, my husband also has a step counter. He has an Apple watch and I notice him as well. He, before Christmas was on a 90 day streak. I'll tell you about the streaks and the goals and, of different watches in a moment, but that streak really spurred him on to continue that streak. And he would say, okay, I just have to do 50 more calories or something like that. And I would notice him running up and down the stairs or again, going for a walk. My children, some of my children also have the step counters and it encourages them to do some exercise as well. So I really do think that actually, not only does it give you awareness of what you are and aren't doing, it doing, but the gamification of it really does help you to create more ways of just moving a little bit every single day. And it doesn't have to be, I'm going for a two hour walk. It can just be, Instead of going from the kitchen to the dining table, I'm going to go via the front door three times. So I'm just going to walk backwards and forwards, which is just going to give me a hundred steps more, but that's going to add to my total goal. So, and it can become more complicated. You can join groups. There's um, an app called Strava that allows you to use groups with people who have different types of watches. So let's just have a quick talk about the different types of watches. And somebody recently said to me, the problem I have with these watches is they aren't very elegant. And I do hear what you're saying. They definitely aren't the most beautiful. Most of them are quite utilitarian looking, quite modern, relatively large. Now, if elegance is something that you want, I would say that the Apple Watch, which does recording and has a slightly more sophisticated way of measuring your activity is probably the best way to go. They can be quite elegant. My sister has a very nice, what do they call it? Rose gold colored one. They are the most expensive on the market because they aren't just the the step counter. They are other things. Now, one thing you need to think about is whether your watch has GPS in it or not, which is great. If you want to do a run, it will track your run. If I do an open water swim, it will track my open water swim. But obviously, you pay more for the GPS. So an Apple Watch, I'm not sure of the exact prices, but they're around €400. They're around €400. I presume they're the same in other currencies. And I do notice with my husband, so he hasn't got a particularly new one. His is a few years old now but it does have goals that are not just step goals. So on my Garmin, I have, my goal is step goals. So if I go and do a swim and a cycle ride and have lots of intense minutes, it will still tell me, oh, but you've only done 200, sorry, 2000 steps, which means you haven't reached your step goal, which is a little bit frustrating from time to time, but it does spur me on to do a few more steps. So the way they measure what you're going to, um, what your goal is going to be is important. And you can change things as well. So you need to just do a little bit of research and think about the activities that you want. So for example, my Garmin 2 allows me to measure swimming, cycling and running, but it doesn't allow me to measure things like walking and yoga and different kind of activities. I can put them under a general other activity, but it's not, it only has a few selections. So, I think they basically come in three groups. The top one, you've got Apple Watch, the most expensive and perhaps the best in terms of measurement because it measures active calories as opposed to a specific thing like step counting. Then you've got essentially the Fitbits, so Garmin and other marks, which have GPS in them. And then you can go for a cheaper option, which is around 30 euros probably around the same dollars, which doesn't have GPS in it. And that will just count your your steps. It will allow you to count the amount of time that you have cycling. Different ones have different activities. And some of them, most of them will um, measure your heart rate and strangely your saturation monitors. I remember being a junior doctor in busy A&E departments where we didn't have enough saturation monitors, it measures the oxygen saturation of your blood. And the highest you can get is 100%. I have to confess, I don't 100% understand why they put them in watches. I remember we didn't have enough of these. I remember thinking, oh my goodness, I need a SATS monitor for this patient and I haven't got one. And now everyone has them on their, wa- their on their watches and I don't really understand why. So another aspect to think about is movement during the day and how sedentary you are and really it's becoming more apparent that even sitting for a couple of hours is not great so even if you're running around and say doing a run three times a week and you're spending a lot of your time sitting it's really important to get up every hour and just stretch your legs and move a little bit and get some movement into your body and the watches will also set reminders for that. So they might ping you every hour and say, get up. When my son had his watch, sadly, he broke it in the playground. But when he was watching a movie, he would get up halfway through and just do a little dance because his watch had said, you have been sitting too still for an hour. And I think that sedentary thing is less about weight loss and using up calories. It's more about longevity and leading a healthy life. It's more about the health benefits. So as I say, I think these watches are really really helpful I think they are money well spent I think if you're not sure about it go for a cheap one and see how you get on with it and then you can always upgrade but I think they are really really useful in terms of helping you create a routine that you like so and and also just adding in little bits extra to the day so just doing a little bit of an extra run or a seven-minute workout. I do a seven-minute workout on days that I'm not exercising. Now, I haven't talked about HIT, high-intensity interval training. My seven-minute workout is based on that, but it's not proper HIT, which is really meant to be getting your heart rate up to 80% of the maximum. And there have been studies that show instead of doing moderate exercise, if you do HIT training then you can get the same benefits. But the reality of hit training is that you really, really, really have to push yourself for a very short period of time, but you have to actually push push yourself. The seven minute workout that I do is just a little bit of stretching and a little bit of movement, but not hit. And I don't use it to replace my other exercises. But that is another option if you want to do something super vigorous and short because you're lacking time. So there you go. A roundup of why I think watches are fabulous and you should treat yourself if you don't already have one in 2021. And lastly, just a reminder, if you would like to take me up on one of those three free half hour sessions of goal settings in 2021, then just email me at orlina at drorlina.com. Have a fabulous week and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. Remember, you can sign up for Dr. Orlina's Simple System to Healthy Living for Families at com slash simple dash system. If you have enjoyed this podcast... I ask that you share it with somebody else who would also benefit so that I can reach more people and help more people live healthily. And lastly, if you are interested in working with a coach, then just email me at orlina at drorlina.com and we can set up a time to chat. Absolutely no obligation. I love chatting. So come and chat with me. Bye-bye.